feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. on the Rita Cosby show. I am downright disgusted. I think it is shameful that we are sitting here seeing a sitting president of the United States mocking his leading rival for the presidency again, and also someone who's the former president of the United States who just got booked on a highly political charge by a local Fulton County, Georgia, D.A. I mean, there is something so wrong with this country. As I'm sitting here and I'm watching all of this stuff happening, I'm thinking, wait a minute. First off, President Trump becomes the first president, current and former, uh, including both. Obviously, he is the former, but hopes to be back in the White House again. But the first president ever to receive a mugshot. And that's just because the DA down there in Georgia just wanted to embarrass him, just wanted to do whatever he could. Uh, and you look at the way that Fannie Willis, who has been the DA there for some time, she has a history of kind of going after these RICO cases. She did it with teachers down there in Atlanta. But she was all excited to go after President Trump. And a couple days ago, you know, she got her man. She brings him down there, says that he and the other 18 co-defendants had to come down there before today at noon Eastern time. Uh, she gives him a $200,000 bond as if he's a flight risk, as if President you know, Trump can hide anywhere in the world. Are you kidding me? I mean, that's crazy. That's what you do for high risk, a $200,000 bond for getting advice from his attorneys and questioning the election. You look at the history like Alvin Bragg and you look at George Gascon and you look at some of these other soft on crime DAs in the United States. And you have got to be kidding me. There is absolutely no way they would never even give a bond to like a, a triple murderer. They would say, oh, yeah, come on. No problem. Come back whenever you feel like it in soft on crime, New York City, soft on crime, even Atlanta. Soft on crime cities across this country. And yet if it's President Trump, boy, he's the world's worst person ever. And he's a flight risk. Also, his attorneys. I mean, these are well-known attorneys. You think Rudy Giuliani is going to be able to hide anywhere in the world? Are you kidding me? And he gets a $150,000 bond. Trump gets a $200,000 bond. John Eastman, another attorney who was advising the president, Gets a $100,000 bond. I mean, this is just so crazy. It is so preposterous. And then you also take the mugshot. You get the booking number. All of these things are just so unseemly. I'm still astounded by this moment in history. And the fact that the first time ever you're going to go after a president is over something like this that the Democrats have done over and over again, question the elections. It just seems preposterous. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Also, tonight, this is the icing on the cake that to me just really made my skin crawl. I cannot believe 
the current president of the United States, the current commander in chief, actually took a swipe at former President Trump. In the old days, if they weren't happy with the former presidents, when they took office, they didn't say anything, they didn't do anything. It was sort of this unwritten gentleman's rule. Because, of course, it's guys, you know, so far in the presidency. But it was this unwritten rule that you kind of don't take a swipe at your predecessor, that it's another president. You know, you keep it above board. You be respectful. You do all these things. And boy, have things changed. This is now we have hit in a shame filled past. This is really a disgrace, I think, in American history on so many different levels, because now we are seeing not only do you have this local D.A., Who's opened the door because a couple of the things she's accusing him of are not just in Georgia. I'm waiting for like, you know, Podungsville and Tuscaloosa somewhere saying, "Okay, I'm going to go after President Trump, too. Fanny did it. I'm going to do it. She just opened the floodgates to basically any D.A. across this country wanting to go after the former president of the United States. That's a scary place to be. You know, Republicans. Uh, You are now the victims and Democrats. Guess what? Be careful for what you have unleashed, because this is a really scary time where they're using the justice system on such a political, political level. And so only a few hours ago, President Biden poked fun at President Trump's unprecedented mugshot. How disgusting is that? Take a listen to this comment and see if you have the same reaction I did. I thought it was a misprint. When I first saw it, I was like, wait, 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 no. You know, here's a guy who doesn't say anything. Remember, he's asked about Maui. No comment. You know, then he finally goes to Maui and says the ground's too hot, you know, or or compares the kitchen fire to uh, the horrible fire that they all endured there in Maui. So this, to me, was clearly so intentional that he has clearly, I believe, played a role. There's no way he has not played a role in my mind. I sit there. there, He's orchestrated this whole thing. That is my thought. Because tonight he was downright gleeful, smiling like a Cheshire cat. And here he is talking to reporters when they asked him, did he see the mugshot of President Trump? Take a listen. Has he seen Donald Trump's mugshot yet? Mr. President, are you worried at all about that? I did see it on television. What would you think? Wow. So he says, uh, I did see it on television. And then he adds, handsome guy, wonderful guy. You know, obviously being facetious because there is clearly no love loss. That to me is just disgusting. Really disgusting. And you know, it's interesting. President Trump said that he was ordered to turn himself in, as you know. And he came out in typical Trump form and sort of pre-announced it and said, hey, listen, okay, at 7.30 last night, Eastern time, Atlanta time, I'm going to turn myself in, essentially. You know, I have to do this, uh, you know, this crazy political action of Fannie Willis. I'm going to be there, right? So he says that. So what a surprise. At 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, President Biden puts out a tweet and says, this is a good time for fundraising. He doesn't say Trump by name. He doesn't need to. But how disgusting is that? He barely tweets. Suddenly there's this tweet saying, "Uh, let's donate to the Biden campaign at 7.30 p.m. last night, literally, as President Trump is getting ready to be booked 
by a highly political Georgia district attorney. To me, it cannot be more transparent. And then here he is asked just a few hours ago, that new sound coming in where Biden is gleeful. You see him smiling. Again, this is a guy who has no problem saying no comment. Whenever it's about Hunter Biden, no comment. First about Maui, no comment. He couldn't wait to answer the question. And, and the correct answer is, even if he wants to hide it, nobody believes that he's actually not uh, playing a role in this and not pulling the strings. But you sit there and you go, of all times, even if he had half a brain, he would say no comment or just say, you know what? I, I'm not going to speak about something like this. This is the former president of the United States. Um, you know, I'm not going to speak about it. I don't think it's appropriate. That would be the right thing. Or even say it's a sad day in American history, you know, uh, whatever the case is, even though we would interpret it in a different way than he would. But just, you know, I don't like the idea of a former president uh, being booked, being put in a mugshot. Boy, that would be a refreshing change to hear something like that from President Biden. But to me, this shows how downright petty and disgusting and self-centered he is, that he would actually take the question right away. He's beaming. You know, grinning eye to eye. And he finally says, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I happen to see it. Right. It's like the most uh, well-known mugshot in the world right now. And it probably will be uh, for history for a long, long time. And then he says, yeah, handsome guy, wonderful guy. Ha, 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 ha. How petty and how pathetic and how disgusting is that? What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And here is Joy Reid, who is, of course, one of the main hosts there on MSNBC. And she just thought, oh, wow, uh, you know what? Look at this mugshot. And boy, isn't Fannie Willis the greatest person in the world? Listen to them. Just so gleeful. To me, this is justice. The fact that Manhattan didn't give him a mugshot, I thought was offensive. I thought that the Fed said, we already know what he looks like. He was the president of the United States. Okay, offensive. Everyone else had to take him. This case, and I think Fonnie Willis is a hero. She is a national hero because she, more than any prosecutor in this country, and I respect Jack Smith and I respect all the prosecutors that are doing this, she's the only one who said these wealthy powerful, privileged men and women are just American citizens. And when they break the law, they will take that picture. Wouldn't it be nice if Joy Reid would have that kind of a conversation with Alvin Bragg and also George Gascon, Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, and George Gascon, the L.A. DA? Oh, everybody's equal under the law. Are you kidding me? That is the most ridiculous statement I have ever heard. And if that's the case... Uh, then her friend Stacey Abrams should be behind bars. She should have been behind bars. She should have been the, you know, should have been a lethal injection firing squad. Because how many times has she questioned the election? I mean, this is just ridiculous. It is so insane. You never go after people question the elections all the time. Stacey Abrams, as I said, brought it. Hillary Clinton questioned the elections. Uh, Jamie Raskin questioned the election. There's so many of these Democrats that have questioned the elections. It's because it's Trump questioning the election that suddenly we got to lock him up. Well, here is Joy Reid, who also said, boy, it's kind of he looks so mad in the mugshot. What is he supposed to be happy that he's been set up? Take a listen. 
He's like sort of embodying that. He's sort of the avatar for the rage that he has traded off of to become president in the first place. It is that is not the, you know, sort of funny reality show star that Americans elected in 2016. That's a that is a sinister apparition that I'm seeing in front of me. I don't even know what to say to that. That is one of the most shocking comments I've ever heard, along with Biden. Biden commenting about the photo. And then you have Joy Reid, who says, God, he looks so angry. That's not the happy apprentice guy. Well, guess what? The happy apprentice guy has now been like dragged through the mud for the last few years. Actually, ever since he walked down that, went down that elevator, that escalator with Melania, he's been dragged through the mud. And what, is he supposed to be smiling now that they put him in a mugshot and booked him and gave him a, a prisoner number? What, he's supposed to be saying, thank you. Could I have another? I mean, this is like insane. When we come back, we're going to take your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Friday night. Boy, uh, things are getting heated also and definitely escalating in terms of migrant shelters in New York City. We are busting at the seams. There's been a lot of legal action happening back and forth, especially in Staten Island, New York, where they want to set up a migrant shelter that is in the works, which would be hundreds of single adult male migrants, essentially 20 feet from a grammar school. What could go wrong with that? Wow. Well, we are going to have Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis, who represents America and is from New York. She is going to be on the show in about eight, nine minutes from now to give us an update on the situation with the migrants, her perspective of what is happening and how we turn this crisis around. And if she has any faith uh, in leadership, that is controlling the situation now. I mean, Kathy Hochul just a little bit ago sent a request to Biden. Didn't say close the border. She said, can you give me more money or can you get them working? That doesn't sound like she's trying to convince them to go elsewhere. It sounds like, come on in. More freebies in New York. What a mess. 
And the great Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis is going to be joining us in just a few minutes to give us the very latest on all of that. So you definitely want to stay tuned. Meantime, of course, border and national security is a huge issue for President Trump. It was also a big issue at the debate that took place this week as well. And, you know, I'm wondering, why is the mainstream media, the mainstream media thinks it's so fun that there's now a mugshot of President Trump. To me, it is a horrible time in American history. When I see that mugshot, it it makes me so angry. I'd be angry if it was a Democratic president. It, It just there's something so unseemly about the politicization that is happening now of our justice system to go after somebody who the current president doesn't want as a rival because he fears him. So does the deep state. They fear him. There's so many things that are going on here. And tonight we're hearing the president, President Biden, laughing, mocking, thinking it's a great thing and mocking the photo. It is shameful. We have reached a new low, I think, in American politics this week. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pete, line seven. Pete, your thoughts about the mugshot and Biden's response. Hi, Rita. Well, the mugshot, uh, I tell you, the determination on his face, like, you ain't going to take me down. I'll take you down. Now, he's a fighter. I love Donald Trump, and I'm so glad that Nicole, Nicole fights for everyone on Staten Island. She's a really wonderful person. I have the pleasure of knowing her. And uh, like I said, I'm so glad that she's going to fight for us because she is a fighter. And uh, this whole thing, they changed this whole uh, – the, the, uh, a judge in Staten Island put a stay on it to hold it up, and then they reversed it. And these people up there, this is a very one-way street, very thin street, uh, into like a rural area, and it's really, really crazy. I mean, everybody's got to get out and fight for this because you can't have this. These people, I feel for them, but you got to come in and do it the right way like your dad and my dad did at Ellis Island. My uncle couldn't come here because he had glaucoma. They sent him back. Wow. If he came to Wait. New York, he might have... Wait, he, he had, he had a health see. issue, and they sent him back. Glaucoma, a problem with the eyes. For I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for glaucoma, they sent them back. That's what they did at Ellis Island, you know? Wow. And, uh, that is, that's amazing, Pete, that you said that. You know, and, and I, you, I've told you the story of my parents. My parents, it took six years. They finally came. Uh, it took a while. Once they came here, it took six years to become a citizen. But to come here, they had to vouch. They had to have, you know... Uh, the supporters, they had to list relatives, who they were coming, what they were going to do. They had to be vetted. They were checked. Uh, but I'll tell you, my dad has always said one of the happiest days uh, was when he changed his name from Kozabutsky. I say thank God because that's a hard thing to spell. To Cosby. Literally, they changed it hours before they became American citizens. Bravo. That's the way to do it. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Bruno. He's your numero uno. Rita Cosby is on.
Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great law enforcement and also their families. This is a really powerful story coming from Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina. I've been there. It's a pretty place. Kill Devil Hills police officers rescued a six-year-old boy that they found floating in a pond. The officers were searching for a missing boy in the Bermuda Bay neighborhood, and the boy was identified as severely autistic and nonverbal, and he slipped away from his family when they were packing to leave. So the police said that they used every available officer to begin their search for this young boy. Thankfully, about 15 minutes only after the original call, officers Joey Del Monte and Austin Gray found the boy floating in a pond in the neighborhood, and they saw him just beginning to sink beneath the surface of the water. What a scary time. The officers then directly ran into the water, swam and pulled him out of the water and started doing critical first aid because the boy was struggling very much to breathe. Once on the scene, the emergency services team provided additional medical attention. They went immediately then uh, and transported the young boy to the Outer Banks Hospital for further care. He is said to be doing okay. And thank goodness for the great work of our men and women in blue. Well, the situation with migrants in New York City and across America is exploding. In New York City, for example, there are 206 shelters right now. 206. Some of them as big as intending to have more than 7,000 migrants at some point. That's Floyd Bennett Field in Brooklyn. But there's a whole bunch of other ones that are also popping up in Staten Island and beyond. The price tab, who's paying for it? We are. Uh, and so far, no end in sight. There's been some big legal wrangling that's taken place, especially on Staten Island today, because a judge at first issued a stay because there are a lot of people protesting out there outside of a school. It's an old school, but it's next to a grammar school. The judge said, "Okay, we're going to stop putting the migrants in. And then another legal wrangling happened. The city basically tried to get that change. They won. So it looks like the migrants are now allowed to go back in. So New York is losing, but it looks like uh, New York City leaders or New York leaders, some of them are winning. I mean, this is a mess, but not all of them, because believe me, so many people are courageously speaking out, including our next guest, Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis of New York. Um, Congresswoman, we're so happy to have you here. Give us the very latest. Hey, hey, Rita, thanks for having me on. So, I mean, today was a crazy day on Staten Island and, of course, across New York City. But in Staten Island in particular, you know, we've had a massive protest the other night because the mayor's choosing to take a school that is supposed to be opening as a, uh, a, a thousand classroom school to alleviate some of the overcrowding. Uh, he took that school and instead decided to now make it a shelter to house citizens of other countries that have crossed into our country through the southern border illegally. And so there was a lot of outrage and frustration by the community. This is right in the middle of a very residential neighborhood it is next door to, as you said, another school. And uh, it created a lot of outrage that the mayor is insisting on doing this and misinterpreting the right to shelter law that New York City has, which was intended for New York City residents, not 
citizens of other countries. So we went to court. We sued last night. Uh, myself and all the other Staten Island Republican elected officials were plaintiffs. We had a judge today who, by the way, was a Democrat appointed judge. This judge was a uh, an individual who ruled in our favor. He said that there would be a restraining order and a vacate order. So as uh, the migrants were showing up, they were forced to leave. Of course, our mayor goes to the appellate. He decides to appeal this decision. Um, and it was a Hochul appointed judge in Brooklyn that that overturned the decision. And so that's what happened on Staten Island today. And unfortunately, uh, we, we have to continue to fight this. We'll be in court next week on September 7th. Uh, but for now, unfortunately, the city has the upper hand here. Um, but look, the, the bottom line here is if, they, if the mayor has to understand, if he's seeing what's happening on Staten Island, seeing what happened in Floyd Bennett Field, he's starting to see Democrats, people of his own party uh, who are elected office turning against what he's doing and saying enough is enough. We have to stop taking away public spaces, whether it's parks, whether it's schools like this, whether it's assisted living facility that uh, was recently turned over as well, uh, that our seniors desperately need in our community. Uh, This needs to end. We cannot afford it. It's unsustainable. It's just uh, something that needs to stop. The mayor has the power of doing it by basically saying the righteous shelter was intended for citizens of America, New Yorkers that are homeless. And he has to put more pressure on the president uh, to secure the border and Chuck Schumer to pass our border security bill that would end this all right now. You know, you bring up Chuck Schumer and I keep thinking about Chuck Schumer. I'm also thinking, of course, about Hakeem Jeffries. I mean, here are two New Yorkers and they see that New York is busting at the seams. Congresswoman Maliotakis, are you surprised that we really haven't heard anything from either of them? No, it's, it's totally outrageous that Senator Gillibrand, Schumer, Hakeem Jeffries, Greg Meeks, all of them. Uh, in fact, I'm the only federal representative uh, that has a district in New York City wholly contained that has actually spoken out on this issue and said we have to stop this madness. Nobody else is doing it. Uh, they ignore the problem. Uh, but not only do they ignore the problem, and it's very frustrating for us in the House because we passed legislation that would reinstate the policies of the previous administration. No other administration, Republican or Democrat. We have seen this type of crisis. It is only under Joe Biden with his executive orders that we have seen this. Okay, Um, but, you know, the frustration is that the Senate won't pass our legislation. And what do we hear from our governor? Well, Governor Hochul yesterday sent out a letter to Joe Biden, which was very frustrating to, I think, many of us in in the House, uh, because she's simply demanding more federal funding to continue this madness. She wants more federal funding to open more shelters. She wants more federal property to open more encampments. She wants federal funding to give free Metro cards to these individuals when you just raise the tolls and the fares on New Yorkers. Okay, you're trying to jam congestion pricing, a $23 tax down our throats. And you're going to give, because the MTA needs so much money, yet you're going to give free Metro cards to people who just entered our country. Um, but in addition to that, this is the most probably appalling. She actually wants them to cut the line to receive Section 8 vouchers. Now, my office has received calls from people that have been a years long waiting list. Yeah, explain what that is, housing. by the way. Explain what that is for our audience. Well, it, look, it's, it, it's a subsidized voucher to help people with housing, but it's the most vulnerable, right? So we have veterans that need support, you have domestic violence victims. You have many vulnerable New Yorkers that need 
that uh, subsidy for housing. And here's Governor Hochul writing to the president saying that they should get they should get the people that just entered our country, never paid taxes, never worked in this country, never contributed, should be the ones to receive Section 8 vouchers while so many citizens are waiting for years to obtain that benefit. This is the it's lunacy, Rita. It's absolutely insane that how much the mayor, the governor, the president are bending over backwards to do things for citizens for, for doing things for citizens of other countries that they're not doing for their own citizens right here in New York. My God, if we had the same urgency to put together housing for our developmentally disabled communities, right, where we have parents that are telling us we need housing, we need group homes for the developmentally disabled. So when we die, someone's there to take care of, you know, they can live in a group setting where they can work together and and be in part of a community. Uh, People, domestic violence victims, veterans, right, that are homeless. If they had the same urgency to house those people, think about how great New York could be. But instead, you know, it's only in this type of situation where we have people coming into our country illegally, all of a sudden it's an emergency and they need to take away all these public spaces from New Yorkers. Yeah. And it's where does it end? Um, The other thing, too, as I understand it, Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis is also in the letter that Kathy Hochul, the governor, wrote to uh, President Biden. She also said, hey, can you expedite uh, work permits for these people too. Like, I, how is any of these things that you just mentioned and the Section Eight housing? It makes my blood boil because I agree with you. It should go to our American citizens who desperately need it first, and for these migrants to cut the line and get all these other free things. But how are any of these things disincentivizing migrants from coming to New York? If anything, this just says, please, we want more. I, I mean, where does it end? You know what? You're absolutely right. And you, you've brought up a really important point that New Yorkers need to be aware of what's going on. We actually have another lawsuit, OK, which would stop a law that Bill de Blasio and the city council put in place that would allow non-citizens to vote in our municipal elections. Now, by non-citizen, their definition is people who are here legally. Right. So if you have a green card or people who have work authorization after residing in New York City for 30 days. So what does that mean? If Kathy Hochul, the mayor, the mayor uh, Adams, get their uh, request of allowing work authorization, which, which look, by the way, most people might support work authorization because at least then they're working and supporting themselves as opposed to, it's still an issue because they're cutting the line while we have so many immigrants that are waiting and doing the right thing and trying to get into this country. But The bottom line here is if they do get that work authorization with this law still out there in court, right, we're fighting this thing in court, um, they would be eligible to vote in municipal elections because they've been residing here for 30 days. The work authorization gives them that ability to register to vote. And so myself and the same group of elected officials from Staten Island, uh, we are suing on that front. We won that first round to stop that non-citizen voting law from taking effect. But it has been appealed, again, by Mayor Adams, and we are still in court waiting for the appellate decision. So these are the things that are happening. Unfortunately, we are resorting to legal action because we cannot get any cooperation from the, the powers that be, meaning Mayor Adams, Governor Hochul, President Biden, and Chuck Schumer. We don't know where the hell he is. It would be great if he just did something. If you don't like our border security bill, pass your own bill. Let's reconcile the differences, but do something. We need you to do something. As you see, New York City is in total chaos. It is in total chaos, and, and these individuals are not vetted. 
uh, for health, for criminal uh, backgrounds, also school year starting. I was seeing that Department of Education trying to figure out how they're going to get 20,000 migrant kids is what the estimate is in, in New York schools. I mean, this is a mess. You just hit a really um, amazing point, uh, Do- uh, Nicole Maliotakis, what you just said about the 30 days that's in place that maybe, you know, maybe this is sort of part of it. A lot of people are not realizing, but this expediting to work if they push this, that it almost automatically makes them eligible to vote in municipal elections. Those are the local elections in New York. And you wonder, is that going to sort of serve as a template? Because I hate to say it, many people all along thought that was sort of the plan is bring people in, get them to vote. I've always considered voting a privilege to be a citizen, a privilege. Um, this is that's an interesting loophole. That's that is a stunning point that you just made. Yeah, look, it, it, it is important. I don't think many people know about it. And they, they haven't been because we've been in court battling this since Bill de Blasio and the city council passed it. But Eric Adams has done us no favors because when we won in court, he was the mayor and he appealed the decision. And so they are trying to jam through this provision that it would allow non-citizens to vote. And we know that it is a state. You're right. It is a sacred privilege of being an American citizen. I think that we can still prevail in court in both cases. We're going to continue to forge ahead. I've also introduced legislation in Washington to, to, to prohibit federal parks from being used as encampments. So that would mean Floyd Bennett Field and any other facility, including Fort Worth, Wadsworth on Staten Island, which has been floated around. Um, we need to do everything we can, as I said, use every legal and legislative angle to stop what is going on because we are not getting cooperation. But the most important thing is next year there is an election and we need people to, again, we have the opportunity to rid ourselves of Joe Biden and his open border policies and all the other stuff that he's been jamming down our throats. Um, But this is important because we almost won the governorship of New York, which would have been a total game changer a year ago, a year ago this week, Lee Zeldin and I were standing at the Port Authority bus terminal saying that this was going to be a disaster for New York. We had to stop it then. This was going to cripple our communities. No one paid attention. No one gave us any media coverage or anything. And now look where we are one year later. So elections do matter. I think that's an important point. I think people are starting to recognize that. Um, but the other thing is, this is, you know, we are a compassionate nation. We are a nation of immigrants. We are a nation, a city of immigrants. My parents are immigrants. They chose New York because of its opportunity. But you know what? There's a difference here. There's a difference because people followed the rules. They followed the process. They respected our immigration laws. They waited in line. And then when they came here, they came with nothing and they sacrificed. They worked hard. They worked multiple jobs. Um, and, and and now that's not what's happening. We're seeing individuals coming across into this country who are receiving more benefits than the taxpaying citizens who have worked their whole lives and have built our city and our nation. And that is wrong. Yeah. And that's the difference here. It is. It is a big, big difference. Well, Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis, we're so glad you could call in on this Friday with an update. This is such an important update. And please keep us posted and you keep up the great fight. Uh, this is not to me a Republican issue or Democratic issue. This is an American issue. This is a New Yorker issue. This is an issue that is affecting every community, especially in New York City. I mean, these migrant shelters are everywhere. And the fact they're near schools, uh, near beaches. I mean, this is an enormous concern. And all Americans uh, need to express their frustration about it. We wish you so much luck and you are welcome anytime on the show. 
Thanks so much, Rita. Have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. Uh, the great Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis. When we come back, we're going to take your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Well, early in the morning and 24-7, it seems that migrants are coming into New York City uh, because they're hearing they can get everything here. And you just heard from Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis talking about the fact, this is really interesting, that what Kathy Hochul is asking for is this work permit also to expedite that they can work. And that might be sort of a loophole for them being able to vote in municipal elections because Bill de Blasio passed and also the city council passed in New York City that non-citizens could vote. It made headlines around the country and that may qualify them as a legal non-citizen. Wow. This whole big thing. Remember years ago, people were like, oh, all the there can't be any reason. Why else would they be allowing the border to be open? Uh, people with criminal histories, people who haven't been vetted. Um, why would you let them through? And people were saying, oh, because they want to change them all to voters at some point. Well, Kathy Hoka may have found a loophole right here. Wow. That is shocking. And you heard from uh, Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis about also what they're getting, the Section 8 vouchers that should go to our under, you know, underserved individuals in New York, uh, veterans, others, uh, that these people would get in front of the line, free housing, free Metro cards. The list goes on and on and on. Wow. Uh, let's go to Dom on line eight. Uh, Dom, your thoughts about this? Yeah, Rita, great interview with Congresswoman Maria Takis, you know, if we have someone like her in every Democratic state, we would come out ahead every time. So she hit it on the head about the migrants, you know, like, uh, you know, we're calling them legal non-citizens. How about calling a bank robber legal money taker? You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You're right. You're right. You know, it, it, it is. It, it's a wordplay that they've tried to make it like, if you don't say it, you're not appropriate. I mean, and, and she is a fighter and we need more great fighters like her in the United States and especially in New York, because New York is being overridden. Uh, there is no doubt about it. Dom, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Mike uh, on the Lower East Side, line four. Mike, your thoughts. I really, yeah. I think the one way we could do it is that uh, we take it to court and, and just uh, document that they're, they're illegals, they're coming in with drugs, they're, they're killing people, they're terrorizing Americans, and uh, they're, they're not they're not fleeing from any hardships or anything. They're just coming in, they scoop the gravy up uh, right from right from under us. 
So if we could document that, that they're coming in illegally and they're terrorists and they're, they're murderers and bringing in drugs, and we, we have that documented, then they, they cannot vote because they're terrorists. But you so know the problem is, Mike? That. Mike, you know the problem. There's a couple of things. First off, they're not vetting them. They're not, they've gotten over a hundred that are on the terrorist watch list, which means you gotta be worst of the worst. But we don't know where most of the people are and they don't care to vet them. Um, but I agree with you. I think we need to start labeling you know, obviously not good citizens, the ones who haven't come appropriately but are decent people, send them back, vet them. But the ones that have a serious criminal history, um, you know, or even drug cartels, we got to start. I think we should be labeling drug cartels as terrorists. We need to get tough. Uh, what do you think about that, Mike? Yeah, yeah, but but that would be the only way to keep them from voting, you know. Yeah, uh, although, although guess what? Mike, you're in New York. You know that uh, Alvin Bragg would say, oh, uh, terrorist? Uh, we'll give you eight or nine chances. <laughs> he seems to like those repeat offenders. And then the good people that fight back, he throws them in Rikers. Like Jose Alba. Remember that guy? That was so sad, the storekeeper. But you're right. What a sad, crazy time. But we got to have the will to get tough. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And we are going to talk later on in this hour. Uh, you will never believe it. In the city of Seattle, they are deciding to use unarmed crisis response experts to respond to 911 calls in many cases rather than armed law enforcement officers. What could go wrong? Uh, you send grandma to a case with a domestic abuse victim, which are often the most deadly and the most violent, and things go horribly wrong. They're not armed. They're not trained. Uh, this is a formula for, sadly, tragedy. Because it is downright dangerous. And we're going to talk about just what a mess it is. And this comes as Texas is talking about arming, basically putting an armed individual, usually a, you know, an officer, but if not, somebody maybe with a military background in every public school that's about to be in place very soon in Texas. So what a contrast it is from Seattle to Texas in our country. Meantime, the migrant situation is busting at the seams. And boy, things are just really, really shocking. When you hear the ordeal and you hear the background, especially in the case of Staten Island, New York, there is a school there. It's called St. John Villa Academy. And people have been protesting outside of it for at least vigorously the last few days or week or so. As of now, New York City plans to move about 300 migrants in uh, to that location, many of them starting to come in already. And neighbors in the community say, no, 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 no. This is not a very good idea. We actually don't think it's a really smart idea to have near a Catholic school, in an old Catholic school, uh, to have migrants, especially single adult males. And it's located 20 feet across the street. For some reason, that ain't a good idea. So what happens is Staten Island fights, and they said, you know, we want to have an injunction. We want to at least have this reviewed. 
This is not smart. Why is Staten Island bearing the brunt of decisions that maybe somebody in Manhattan made? We don't want them. Many communities across this country and across New York State don't want them. And so they've been fighting it. They asked for an injunction. And so the next thing you know is they basically say, well, you know what? Uh, They take it to court. The city fights them and says, no, we want you to open up. I I mean, this is insane. We're at a time where around this country, we are so short on funds. It's happening in New York City where people are fleeing New York City. The people who are really contributing enormously to the tax base, big businesses, successful individuals, they're fleeing at a record pace because between COVID and crime and now everything going on with the migrants, guess what? It is over the top and people are saying, I've had enough. So they're replacing those people who are paying significant tax money with individuals who are paying no tax money. And we have no idea who they are, what their criminal background is, what their health history is. And then you're going to put them in a shelter with, in some cases, a thousand other single men. And in the case of this one, it's 20 feet away from a grammar school. I I mean, this is truly the definition of insanity. So New York then came back. New York City appealed it. This all happened in the last few hours. Everybody was wondering to say, okay, can somebody block it? Can somebody block it? New York City appeals it. And for now, it's going to go on and it's going to be open. What could go wrong with this? This is such a dangerous and emotional issue. And it is not a Republican issue or a Democrat issue. It is somebody who cares about their neighborhood issue. It is really at a boiling point. And here is Vito Facella who commented right after this crazy decision came down where they basically said, we're going to keep the migrants from coming in. We really want to keep having them come in and have it New York busting at the seams. He is the Staten Island borough president. And this is what he says of this decision that came down a little bit ago. I can't believe the hardworking people of this city of Staten Island are playing second and third fiddle the people who came from other parts of the country, the world, many of them illegally, and now are getting preference over hardworking people. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen. One of the worst things he says he has ever, ever seen. And Governor Kathy Hochul of New York also says that she is writing, she's written a letter to Biden, and at one point it sounded like maybe she's going to say, okay, now close the border. You know, this obviously makes sense. I'm waiting for a, a Democrat to say, Mr. President, I'm begging you to close the border. Where is that Democrat? Because I haven't seen that Democrat yet. But here's Governor Kathy Hochul. This crisis originated with the federal government, and it must be resolved through the federal government. The borders and decisions about who can work are solely determined by the federal government. And since July of 2022, in our first meeting with the president, Mayor Adams and I have championed the idea of a federal designation that would allow the individuals already here in New York the ability to work. So she's not saying, Mr. President, close the border. She's saying we want to hurry up and get them allowed to work. And I'm all for people working, but they shouldn't be given expedited opportunities because, as you just heard, we were just talking a little bit ago with Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis. That could open the door to them being considered legal non-citizens. And under that criteria in New York City, they could be granted the ability to vote in local elections. 
Are you seeing where we're going? This could be a pattern for around the country, and that would be stunning. Suddenly, they're allowed to vote for mayor or city council, whether it's in New York or anywhere around the country. She's not blaming President Biden for an open border. Oh, no, 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 no. She's saying, can you hurry up and give us more money so we can house more migrants? And can you hurry up so we can get them work permits, more reasons to come to New York? Uh, This is insane. Do you think New York taxpayers said, boy, I can't wait to have a granny kicked out of facilities and not be able to do certain things and be able people who may be in New Yorkers move back on the back of the line so migrants can get into qualified Section 8 housing so they can get into other things. But yet Governor Kathy Hochul, who does she blame? She blames not Biden. She blames Texas for sending some buses to New York. It all started at our nation's southern border when Governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, made the despicable decision to load migrants onto buses and ship them out to score cheap political points, treating these individuals as pawns. It all started at the border. I wish he had stopped there, right? And then said, because President Biden opened the border and because under President Biden, under about three years, there will be 8 million illegal migrants in this country. That is an astounding number. And she doesn't say, you know, uh, no, she's going after Abbott. She doesn't say a thing about it. She's a despicable. I'm like, okay, maybe she's going to finally say, uh, President Biden, you and Mayorkas have kept this border wide open and it's a dereliction of duty. No, 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 no. She says, shame on Governor Abbott for sending a few across the border. Let's ignore the millions that have come through under President Biden. This to me is such a political act. And really uh, uh, such an enormous disservice to every American citizen. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Frank in Maine on Line 7. Frank, your thoughts. Oh, good, good evening, uh, Rita. Always a pleasure. You know, Rita, uh, I agree with you 99, 99% tonight except for one thing that you said. You said that it's not a Democratic or Republican issue. Well, I think it's totally a Democratic issue. I think they want them in here. I think they're making sure they come in in droves. I think they're making sure they come in um, and say, oh, we don't see no see no evil, hear no evil. Just walk in and vote for us because look what we're doing for you. I believe this is all about uh, destroying the voter base. And, you know, for Hochul to blame Abbott is is hypocritical. You see... Abbott knows what's going on in Texas and brought it right up to New York City and said, now you deal with it because we're not going to deal with it anymore. And Hochul doesn't like it. And you're absolutely right. You know, I'm not blaming Biden. (laughs) It's it's, not blaming Biden. It's hysterical. It It is. It is. It's like it's like like I use the phrase like alternate universe because you feel like you're like watching like a like a bad sitcom or something. The bizarro world. Actually, it's um, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like um, you know, blaming um, not not blaming not blaming Clinton for a long time ago for um, for devil for um, giving away secrets to Monica Lewinsky. You know, <laughs> he didn't do it. 
which is, it, what is, 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 you know. Yeah, that, that was, that was verbal linguistics. You got to give him credit for that because it, it made me th- every now and then think of the word is. Uh, I certainly think about all the layers to the word is. There are a lot of them. I remember covering all of that. But you're right. It is alternate universe to a T. Let's go to Carlos on line two. Carlos, your thoughts about this. Rita, thanks for taking my call. Uh, full disclosure, I am a lifelong Democrat. I consider myself a conservative Democrat, which you don't find too often. The blue dog, I'm strong on national defense, and I believe in unions. Um, I'm Cuban, so we, we, we live in exile. Uh, I, I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of hypocrisy on both sides when it comes to immigration. It's a, uh, it's a political football. Neither side really wants to, uh, to, 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 to tackle. Obama did it with the... Uh, with the DACA, he promised DACA reform. Those kids are still waiting in, in a lot of situations. So now we have, we have the Republicans who have control of the purse strings. The Congress controls the money. I'm looking at a list of aid that this country provides all over the world. Billions of dollars, $48 billion or more, go to south, south of uh, Texas, for all those countries. Okay? And now the White House said today, right, if, uh, Congress can give them the money to the states to provide for these immigrants. How about we use the money for aid? How come the Republicans aren't pushing to cut aid to these countries to hold these governments, which are obviously corrupt and pushing their people out and letting them through? Uh, because people can walk from Guatemala to how many countries they had to pass before they get here. All those countries get money from the U.S. Stop sending the money south. Keep it here. You want to send us the immigrants? No, fine. We're not going to send you any more money. What do you think about that? How come, how come the congressman from Staten Island doesn't do that? That's, that's an like but, You know, Carlos, that's a really obviously interesting point. I mean, you also have to have the will, though, at the federal government to enforce it, because what's happening, I mean, they could, yes, they could cut funds. They could cut funds on a lot of things. I was speaking of like investigations. They could cut Jack Smith's funds, you know, as a special counsel, quit, you know, funding that area. So they do have the ability. And in terms of migrants, they certainly could cut some of the funds. Um, but you also have to have the teeth at the White House, too. I agree with you that there are many Republicans who need to do more and do some of them use it as a political football, no doubt. But I think there's also a lot of them who do not, who genuinely are deeply concerned about national security and what's happening to our country. And if they cut the purse strings, you also need somebody in the White House who's going to send the message because you can't have them say, oh, I really want the money and we're going to find it from somewhere else and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. Um, and also, he can also do some executive orders, too. There's a whole bunch of different things that can be done uh, that are ways to get around it. And, yeah, funds could be cut. And you're right. It would kind of put it at an impasse and put some pressure. And it would certainly send a message. It would be certainly a dramatic move. Uh, but the White House would be, you know, furious at Congress, not furious at those countries. And you reminded me, too, because, you know, where's our borders are? All she keeps talking about is the root of the problem, and she's the one who's been pushing for the money to go to all these different countries like Venezuela and all these other countries. And yet she spent, like, what is it, five minutes, I think, on our border? I mean, what does that say about her priorities? But, you know, yeah, there's a lot of blame to go around. Uh, but clearly at this point, Biden's wide open border policies was started by him. It was not happening under Trump. Uh, and it's happening now under this president. And I have never seen such an enormous national security disaster that not only are we feeling now like we're bursting at the seams, you know, in New York City uh, and many other places are, too. I can't even imagine what it's like down there in Texas. But you got all that stuff. And then yet, where is it going? It's continuing. 
you know, and we still have Mayorkas there. I mean, why is that guy not impeached? I, I mean, that should have been, I would, that would have been day one. I mean, that guy is clearly not honest when he looks at the American public and says, Oh, the border is, it's not open. It's secure. I, I, I want to know what drugs he's on because it's really good stuff. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue your calls after the break. Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we get to honor our great military and their families. A really powerful story uh, in Washington and also Louisville, Kentucky. Senator Rand Paul presented several military awards just recently to Vietnam veteran and hero Stephen Stoker, who served in the Army after being drafted back in 1969. Veteran Stoker stood with Senator Rand Paul at his office on Wednesday, and he was recognized and presented with awards that he earned while serving in the Army. Once drafted, veteran Stoker was sent to train at both Fort Knox and Fort Polk, and then he served in the 4th Infantry Division and the 101st Airborne during Vietnam. Senator Rand Paul and his office presented Stoker with a Bronze Star Medal and other very highly regarded military awards for his great service. Senator Rand Paul said to everybody gathered, and especially to veteran Stoker, quote, A very rewarding and special aspect of serving as the U.S. Senator for Kentucky is honoring veterans like Mr. Stoker. From the bottom of my heart and for this country, thank you. We are indebted for your service and for your sacrifice. Beautiful words from Senator Rand Paul and honoring this great veteran. And, of course, to all of our incredible Vietnam veterans, welcome home. We love you and we appreciate you. Well, you know how much I care about our border and maintaining security in this country. And boy, things are popping up all over the place, uh, these migrant shelters. Norm was talking about two different events taking place uh, in New York. Uh, one of them is at Floyd, Floyd Bennett Field. Uh, that is a, an old airfield that's owned by the federal government, now leased to New York State. Uh, I just heard Norm and for everybody else, uh, Curtis Lewa was just saying that the one o'clock rally there tomorrow is not going on. It's canceled for tomorrow. Uh, there have been protests out there for the last few days, but the one tomorrow is canceled. That's from Curtis Lewa himself just filling us in. Uh, but he says the one at Gracie Mansion at two o'clock on Sunday is still on. So it certainly will be an interesting weekend in New York City as so many people are coming out from all sides of the political aisle to protest these migrant facilities that are everywhere, all over. And uh, by the way, the one at Floyd Bennett Field, originally they were saying, well, it might be a couple hundred, then it was 2,500. And now they're saying that one might house up to 7,000 plus. I'm waiting for it. to. It's going to look like a, a big tent city, I think, in the next few weeks and next few months because it's a huge airfield. And they're not just going to put 7,000 tents ultimately. I think we're going to see so many. And where does this end? I see no end in sight. 
And when you hear what we've been talking about with Kathy Hochul asking for more money, it doesn't look like there's the will by Democratic leadership in this state to turn it around or put pressure on a Democratic president. Uh, so this is a mess. I, I, it is a really disconcerting situation. And as someone who has been down to the border, spent a lot of time and cares about national security, I am deeply, deeply concerned of the repercussions. And to have these people, again, right by a grammar school in Staten Island, right by a beach, if it's the Floyd Bennett field, that is downright dangerous. And it is a formula for disaster. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Phil, line seven. Phil, your thoughts about all this? Frida, you know, I, I'm thoroughly disgusted, both as a citizen of this country and, and a military vet. What, 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 what I can't understand is despite the Code of Federal Regulations, that sets the standard for people coming to this country, especially as a situation of illegal entry. It, it, it's shocking to think that, you know, as it was a report that came out of Nicaragua and then uh, followed by a report from El Salvador that a lot of these young men, a lot of these young, able-bodied men that are coming here are doing so, uh, seeking asylum on the premise that they don't want to go through the compulsory military service in their country. They, they, they could be drafted. They could be taken into the army and they don't want that. So they, they've come here and you have other people who have, who, who cannot get employment. This was a report from, from uh, El Salvador, from the president's uh, desk that they were complaining about that, that people are vacating the country because they, they can't afford this, the, the cost of living as well. And, and, what I really find shocking is no one has ever taken to task in federal court the vice president of the United States, who is the boss of the of the border and the and the immigration uh, situation down there. She is the czar, quote unquote. And and Camilla Harris, it is her responsibility, and she could be prosecuted. But you know that you know. You bring up some great points, first off, and you're absolutely right. And all those reasons, first off, what you were saying at the top there, Phil, about them saying, well, they don't want to be drafted in their country, so they're fleeing. That's not a reason for asylum in America. That doesn't qualify for asylum in America. Uh, I know you know that, and, and many of our great listeners, many other folks out there, you know that. You are supposed to qualify when you're experiencing great hardship. You could also qualify if it's through the visa program. You have a certain skill. Um, but time none of, of those. War. Right. Time of war. Those are great things. But but to say, uh, you know, great reasons to come, you know, those are bona fide reasons to come. And if they're fleeing, you know, a country war torn or difficult situation like that. Absolutely. But that's a dip. But to say, oh, I just don't want to be drafted. Um, I don't want to. Can you imagine if that happened in our country or something? Oh, they don't want to be drafted. Uh, how many millions would flee elsewhere? I mean, that is absolutely not a criteria. And some people, they just need to put on, uh, you know, uh, speak out loudly. And that's why I am so disenchanted that so many Democrats, they're in the position to have an impact on this White House and they are afraid to speak. And that really saddens me because because of politics, we are in such dire dire straits. We don't know who these people are. You know, we're not checking them. We're not vetting them. Uh, and it is downright dangerous. Phil, thank you. You're terrific. Let's go to Larry, line six. Larry, your thoughts. 
Rita, I don't know what you mean by afraid to speak. Kathy Hochul is not afraid to speak. You heard her before, and she was. She you should play it again because she was tripping over her words. She was not real. She did not believe any in anything she said. She was totally scripted, and she was fed that script by somebody. This woman is totally corrupt, and she's ruthless. And I would not be surprised. Okay, a Nicole Malley attack is. Should have named the judge that reversed that say. I'll tell you why. Because I wouldn't be surprised if Governor Hochul, who appointed her, called up the appellate division and had that stay reversed. Because I want to tell you something. When a stay is granted, that means there's a showing of merit that there is ir- could it be irreparable harm and that the merits of the case should be heard before they let them proceed. And that's a factual demonstration. That's not something that should be reversed. It's a factual demonstration, and if it's granted, it should stay pending hearing the merits of the case. It it was an unusual step and an extraordinary step for this appellate division judge to take it upon herself, and I'm assuming it's a woman because Kathy Ogle appointed her to, maybe I'm wrong, but to She appointed guys, too. By the way, Larry, one thing I was waiting for you to say and I know you, you have a, you know, a definitely a, a legal mind, a great legal mind. You always talk about great legal issues. What I also found stunning, and, and I don't know if she called the judge or not, but it's awfully unusual that on a Friday, this was happening like during our five o'clock show earlier today, uh, with myself and John Katzmatidis on Katz and Cosby on WABC. And as this was happening, it was like evolving in the five o'clock hour. Uh, I found it really interesting on a Friday in the summer, and it's, you know, it's like after 5 o'clock that somehow they found somebody to hurry up because already that injunction was put in place, which would have put basically the migrant situation on hold. So they couldn't have gone in. It was basically a freeze, like a block. And for any judge to suddenly be accessible you know, it's not like it was like a dire crisis that they had to go in. Uh, believe me, they've set up enough other shelters they could have put these people in. Open up another one of the 50% of the hotel rooms in New York City. Somehow they found a judge and within minutes, another judge overturned that decision. And it's after 5 o'clock on a Friday in the summer. That, to me, Larry, speaks volumes. Your thoughts on that, Larry? Okay, well, uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if if Kathy Hochul has no scruples whatsoever. I wouldn't be surprised if she was called up and and, and instructed to call the judge. But I want to say something else, Rita. Um, I I just came up with a legal theory uh, uh, to to go to court with, federal court, that could possibly monkey wrench this entire process. I don't want to say what it is over the phone. I have to get in touch with some lawyers on the case. If you could perhaps encourage... Curtis Sliwa to take my calls because he's been avoiding taking my calls. I want to help on this case. I love what he's doing. I want to be able to have my input, but I have to be able to talk to the right people. I have an idea. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's not good. But well, I, well, I, and Larry, I, I, by the way, we have listeners all over the country, but on WABC radio, Curtis is going to be on shortly. Uh, so you can welcome to call in. Um, and I'm sure he's always happy to talk to everybody. So I'm sure you'll hopefully get in. Uh, and, and be able to share your thoughts, um, in many, many ways, which, uh, everybody appreciates. And Curtis, I know certainly does appreciate. Larry, thank you very much. Uh, you are terrific. Thank you very, very much. Let's go to Marilyn, uh, line two. Marilyn, your thoughts. You've been on hold. Go ahead. Thank you for taking my call. 
Um, first of all, they keep talking about the elementary school across the street. That is not only an elementary school. That is an all-girls high school, private Catholic school. What? That's the one across the street you're talking St. about? Joseph Hill Academy, directly across oh, the street. Oh, God. It's an all-girls? It's an all-girls all high school and an elementary school that's co-ed. The facility that they purchased, which was St. John's Villa, was originally, again, a co-ed elementary school and an all-girls high school. It can house 1,000 seats of school children. I don't understand the logic of making it a homeless shelter when you have shortages of classrooms. And here you have a facility that can accommodate 1,000 children for school. Wow. that you No, know, that's a great point, Marilyn. Thank you very, very much. And by the way, I was not aware about the all-girls high school there, too, in addition to the grammar school. I mean, it's like, it's like, could you pick a worse place and you've got single adult men who have not been vetted, haven't been checked. Um, we don't know who they are. We don't know their backgrounds. Uh, this is really scary, really, really scary. And there's already been a couple cases, as we know, in upstate New York, uh, where there have been sadly sexual assaults and other things. And that's why, you know, Erie County said, no, 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 no. We don't really want any more. There were two cases there. So this is a formula for disaster. And before we go tonight, uh, speaking of disasters, uh, because I am so big into national security and also protecting our police, but letting police do their job. This amazed me. First off, let's do a contrast. In Texas, the school year is starting as we're talking about schools. In Texas, there's a new bill that requires all schools to have armed security guards That is going to go into effect in a matter of days. All public schools have to have armed guards. And the state of Texas is giving some funds. They're giving each school $15,000, but they're also giving them $10 a student. Uh, So like per student on the roll will actually get going towards the security. It's an interesting idea. I think, sadly, we do have to harden our schools. It's a sad testament where we are right now. But we need to have at least trained people who know what they're doing to protect our schools. Contrast that with Seattle, Washington. Seattle, Washington, I I thought it was a misprint when I saw this headline. I thought, wait, 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 not in this day and age after all these attempts where we've seen people defund the police and suddenly they're like, is 911 available? Um, Someone's breaking into my house. And then they're upset that there's no police answering. That's what happened in Minneapolis. Remember the city council like got rid of all the police and then they realized, oh, wait, 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 we actually need police. Suddenly they had some epiphany that it's not smart to live in a community without great law enforcement who come to your aid. Well, now Seattle has decided and they're going to start uh, any day now. They're in the middle of hiring and training uh, to hire so-called crisis responders to answer certain 911 calls, including domestic calls, which are actually some of the worst of the worst and can turn quickly and become brutally uh, dangerous because emotions are running high. Um, and so that's, this is just downright crazy and dangerous. And they're going to have them respond, these unarmed crisis responders, instead of law enforcement to some certain 911 calls, because they just think it's more politically appropriate, basically. Listen to the Seattle councilwoman who has been pushing this bill. And this woman, uh, I, I call her Looney Kazuni. Go ahead. 
I'm really, really happy to report that the city is hiring uh, for the six positions for its first pilot alternate response um, team. It's going to be a, a way for 911 operators to uh, dispatch calls to somebody other than police, somebody other than fire, um, a uh, crisis responder um, who is unarmed. Um, the police department will be aware of the dispatch. They may attend, they may stage uh, nearby, or they just may have situational awareness. Each call is going to be different, mm. but it's really exciting that um, we're finally up and running. Yeah, it's really exciting that they're up and running. Can you just see what's about to happen? They're going to go and they're going to send somebody there and somebody's going to have a weapon and it's going to be like, duck. And then suddenly the school, you know, the Seattle is going to get sued. I hope everybody's going to be safe is the other thing. I mean, if there's trouble, especially domestic calls and things like that, the first people I want to have are police. You don't want to take a chance and have somebody who has no clue what they're doing and no sense of what they're doing. This, to me, is just sort of this residual effect, you know, after all the summer of love stuff. And you would think that they have learned a lesson that, you know what? You got to appreciate police. We got to all work together. You got to respect police and you got to find ways Look, to have training where maybe they can talk better to people. But you also want to have people who know how to shoot better, too, if things get out of hand. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. What do you think of this crazy plan? And is this uh, is this a pipe dream? 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. I went home with a waitress the way I always do. A little, uh, is it lawyers, guns, and money? Warren Zevon, right? That's, yeah, you can't go wrong with that on a Friday night here on the Rita Cosby Show. Well, sadly, defund the police activists are getting their wish. It looks like in Seattle because the city is getting ready to hire unarmed, quote, crisis responders instead of law enforcement to answer certain 911 calls. Are you kidding? At a time where crime is rising, and a lot of uncertain random crime across this country, that ain't good. What do you make of this one? Let's go to Sherilyn, who is in Canada. Sherilyn, what do you think of this? I was just calling in, Rita, because here around where I live, my niece is a mental health worker. And she said if they ever have to go out on a call, they always take the police. She won't go without the police. Oh, that's interesting. So it, it's usually in part and parcel. And see, I think that's actually a good idea, Sherilyn, to have somebody with mental mental health background and to go with police officers. Yeah. But but can you imagine? You said yeah. your niece, right? Can you imagine if they said, um, "Would you just go by yourself?" No, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's also, crazy. Also, Rita, I was going to say about this uh, migrant thing. When I lived in the States, I was a Canadian down there for 31 years. I couldn't vote down there because I wasn't an American. 
Um, and my question is, I have a hard time understanding why people all over the world, like even here in Canada, we got people who live here, live here permanently, and they're Americans, and they vote in all your your elections. And whenever you have a presidential election, the Democratic strategists are up here unbelievable to get them to vote Democratic. Wow. And, and, and by the way, that's what I think is, is the plan here, Sherilyn. That's what I think is definitely the plan is to make sure that that happens. Wow. 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 Uh, well, let's real quick. Uh, let's go to Ted on line three. Ted, uh, your thoughts about all this real quick. I just wanted to say the Democrats are not going to close the border and we might as well stop talking about it. New York and California is going to vote for Democrats and Democrats lie. Back when I was a kid, they said Russia has eight times as many missiles. (laughs) Wow. Well, I will tell you, uh, you still got to fight and keep the city and state safe.